Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Reed, Juris Doctor, small business development, IT, and marketing guru from sunny Victoria, BC. Follow me for new podcasts on beginner investing in business as I survive, grow, and prosper in a post-COVID Canada. Disclaimer, my podcast and YouTube content offer very generalized information that has been beneficial to me. Always do your homework and make sure that any moves that you make are truly in your own personal best interest. Nothing in my content is any kind of advice. And continuing to listen constitutes acceptance of this disclaimer in its entirety. Today's podcast features Tamar Aziz from Toronto, Ontario. And you can find more from Mr. Aziz at aziz.finance at azizz.finance on Instagram. Highly recommend you go visit after you're done listening to this interview. Now, Mr. Aziz is a relatively advanced investor with a huge command of investing, marketing, and finances in general. I've tailored these questions for him to be of what I hope will be the most helpful for beginners like us. So let's get right to it. Mr. Aziz, thank you for joining us today. How's the weather over in Toronto? Hey, Andrew, yeah, the weather up here is getting pretty cold again, you know, two months of warm weather. So as long as I kind of had you know, my fun there, that's all that matters. How about you, Andrew? Always beautiful here in Victoria, BC, except when it isn't. So let's start with a scenario. You have $250 scrounged from a couple of paychecks and you are ready to start paying yourself with it instead of wasting it on material possessions. Is this enough to start with? And if so, how would you start? So honestly, Andrew, when it comes down to beginning to invest, I feel like any amount is really a good place to start. As long as you're making like some sort of contribution. But what it really comes down to is the plan that you really want to execute. What kind of investments do you want to go into? Um, how much are you planning to add on this contribution every month? Is it going to be every two months, every two weeks? It all depends really on the plan rather than the amount. Well, thank you, Tamar. That makes a lot of sense. Um, my follow-up question to that, though, is uh, what would be a good basic starter plan for somebody that's basically living paycheck to paycheck? They've scrounged that money up. How exactly should they proceed? I mean, what kind of general basic plan? I realize it's everything's customized to the individual person, but what, what would be a general good starting plan? That's a really good question. And yeah, you're right. Like everything does come down to that customizability. But if I had to say like a good starter plan, I think the best type of example is to just say how I kind of started off. And I think the starter plan that I kind of had in mind was really just thinking very, very long term. So not just 10 years, but in the 20 years range and kind of thinking and taking into consideration the amount of capital that I'm going to be starting with. Personally, a good baseline for me is if you currently have less than $100,000 within your portfolio, then I think it's honestly best to just kind of put everything within a index fund 
such as the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones. But once you start getting your portfolio above that 100K mark, then that's when I could actually start suggesting looking into individual companies. Because and like the reason I say that is because let's just say that you have an account size, whatever, under 100K. And then you end up getting a 20% return for the year. It looks amazing, right? But not when you're starting off with the position size of $1,000. And, you know, diversifying by putting your money into a bunch of different companies with a little account size, it just doesn't make sense. So that's why I would kind of say a really good starter plan, at least for myself, is just kind of putting everything within the S&P 500. Once the account size grows up past that 100K limit, then I would actually start looking into individual companies. But in the meantime, do make sure that you're learning how to do different types of research, such as fundamental analysis, technical analysis, and make sure that you're setting yourself up for when you reach that point eventually. Thank you for that excellent advice. Uh, you really can't go wrong with investing into the um, into an index of the market itself. Uh, so far, it has um, generated an average yield, I believe, of right around 10 or 11% since the uh, dawn of the stock market itself. Um, so let's talk about strategy for a minute. Should the new investor clear out every last bit of consumer debt before acquiring an investment account? Okay. Again, it comes down to one of those things of, you know, it's really situational, but when it comes down to the factors of trying to determine what you want to consider, um, I would have to say is how much consumer debt you have left. Not only this, but how long it would take you to pay off that consumer debt in different scenarios. Because ultimately, I feel like it's always best to just have a set amount that you can invest at all times and something that's really just consistent. So if anything adverse happens to you, such as, you know, you get laid off or you have an immense amount of debt that you have to pay, you could at least allocate that set amount every single month or even two weeks into the, your portfolio. And obviously, you know, once the situation starts to look better, if you need to rebalance based on those factors, then do so. But just make sure that you take the necessary measures to make sure that you never put yourself in consumer debt again. I feel like I have learned that lesson a few times already in my life, but hopefully, um, hopefully this is the one. So how much uh, should a new investor be concerned with their credit score? And if it is important, do you have any tips to help them boost that credit score number? So as a beginner investor, I don't really think that there is any correlation with the credit score at all. But Andrew, and tell me if you agree with this or not, but I kind of feel like the credit score is just a foundation to telling you how good you are with your money, rather than telling you the important things about the investing world. So. You know, if your credit score isn't really going all too well, you have other things to worry about aside from investing, if that makes sense. And it's like, I feel like having or managing money and when like it comes to managing debt, I feel like it's super important for one to manage that first, because when it comes down to investing, it's basically the exact same thing. It's just you're putting your money somewhere else. And I don't know if that makes sense, but do you, do you see what I mean? Thank you for that, Tamar. So um, in in my experience and from the lessons that I've learned, it's always uh, 
best to uh, to work on a hierarchy with with credit cards and high interest debt. Those should be paid off first, um, no matter what, because it's really unlikely that you're going to put money into something that's going to have a return that's that's more than those um, credit cards are taking away from you. As you work your way down through other debts, say if you got a debt con- consolidation loan and it's at a low percent, then maybe some of your investments um, could be, have higher returns than, than those uh, types of debt. And so you can analyze it based on that kind of hierarchy, if that makes sense. So Tamara, could you please tell us a little bit about how dividend paying stocks play into a long-term portfolio strategy? Say one with a time horizon of about... 20 years. So having long-term dividend stocks is extremely advantageous. And obviously I'm sure that uh, everybody kind of knows about compound interest. So let's think about a scenario like this. Let's just say that having your dividends reinvested either manually or through a drip, which is known as a dividend reinvestment plan. Now this could increase the fruits of your labor all with compound interest. Um, let's just take a simple example of if you have $1,000 and to be super conservative, a 5% annual gain from the stock itself. Now you'd be at a $1,700 profit, but if you had a dividend that was paying 2% on top of that, it wouldn't be a 1,700 profit anymore. It'd be at 3,000 which is essentially double of without any dividends or without any reinvestment whatsoever. And taking into consideration that this isn't even taking into account contributions that you're adding on top of it. So when it comes down to dividends, like especially when it comes down to long-term, long-term strategy, absolute filler. Thank you, Tamara. And that is a bit of a relief. Um, I am personally banking on on that strategy and in the consistent uh, reinvestment of dividends. And I feel it's also a great hedge, um, basically a balance of risk against um, against stocks that you thought were going to grow. And maybe there's a downturn in the market and they don't grow. Then having um, having that dividend income can help help hedge the risk of those stocks not growing. So finally, Tamar, and perhaps the question we have all been waiting for, how do you feel about crypto? And what are some strategies that you would use to maximize your crypto returns? Oh, man. Now, crypto is a pretty tough cookie. And honestly, I feel like there's just a lot of overlap from the dot-com bubble back in 2000. Not that I was conscious enough of what was happening because I was three years old, but I just feel like there are so many different cryptocurrencies right now and nobody really knows which one of these are really going to prevail in the long term. But in terms of the strategy, I guess you could say that I've been using uh, a couple of months back, I was flipping both Bitcoin and Ethereum right before it's 50% sell off. Um, and basically my strategy here was just riding up the hill of the pump and dump run. And with some of the experience that I've gotten in technical analysis, I can tell that there was beginning to be a top off. And, you know, with every single pump and dump pattern, it looks the exact same. 
And once I kind of saw the indicators there telling me like, hey, Tamar, like, be cautious. I just ended up taking all of my profits, scaled my position size down by 80%. And as of right now, probably six months later, I'm still waiting for a break even. And I'm honestly super grateful um, about that. But I would even say one last thing to add on about that is I would suggest a little bit of a saying that I always like to keep in mind. And the saying is, if you start hearing about it in the news, or if you're hearing the average person just talking about a specific investment, this could be like a stock, uh, crypto, whatever it is, that you need to get out of it ASAP or just not enter it at all. Because this is usually how these bump and dump marathons even begin in the first place. It's, it's like, how do I explain it? It's, it's like that one pyramid scheme that everybody's in, but you know that you shouldn't get into. I don't know if that's a good analogy to, to kind of describe that. I think that is a, a great analogy to describe that. And unfortunately, something I learned the hard way right off the bat, and this was um, with a mining stock, not a Bitcoin mining stock, which have done well for me, but an actual uh, prospective mining stock. And there was an ad somewhere. I don't want to say the Motley Fool in case it wasn't them, and I don't want to get... Um, you know, sued for slander or anything, but it was uh, basically the exact kind of pump and dump scheme where that, uh, and then eventually they actually froze trading, the SEC froze trading on that stock. And I ended up just having it stuck in my account and donating it to TD Bank as I transferred my entire uh, TFSA to, to Wealthsimple. Um, so that was just a really unfortunate lesson. And uh, now I make sure to do very thorough research on anything I invest in and certainly don't take anything on on, uh, on the word of hype. So, Tamar, just a general uh, question, if you have any other um, tips or advice for uh, Canadian beginner investors that you would like to uh, share with us today. So if there was one tip that I would give for beginner investors getting into this game right now, it's one slang phrase and the slang phrase would be stay in your lane my g and what i mean by this is once you're getting into the market there is so much noise around you whether these are media outlets uh influencers online telling you to buy specific things or to enter here exit here don't pay attention to any of that filter that all out focus on your own journey and focus on defining what your own strategy is because at the end of the day, all these successful guys that you see have to try out so many different things in order for them to be confident with a set decision criteria of when they're going to enter. So my biggest tip, again, filter out all the noise and focus on your journey individually. Thank you so much for helping out your fellow Canadians today, Mr. Aziz. I am so glad we can all work together, no matter what our level, to ensure prosperity for these hardworking Canadians like ourselves in a post-COVID Canada. Uh, please be sure to check out Mr. Tamar Aziz at aziz.finance. That's Instagram at a-z-i-z-z-dot-finance on Instagram. For 
up-to-date news and content, follow me on Instagram at Canada Stock Market. At Canada Stock Market. For low-cost cutting-edge home health and fitness supplies, please visit Baby Dragon Fitness at babydragonfitness.com. BabyDragonFitness.com Always free shipping to the US and Canada.